Hey, my name is Daphne, and I'm part of the worship team here at Riverwalk Church. I want to thank you for joining us today on our online campus. If you have any questions or prayer requests, you can always contact us at riverwalkchurch.com. Again, thank you for joining us, and I hope you enjoy the service. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Riverwalk Church's online campus experience. We're so glad that you are back with us today. I'm Steve Rhodes, the lead pastor here at Riverwalk Church. And we hope that you have had an incredible week. So we are continuing on in a series of Luke chapter 15. If you've been watching the last couple of weeks, I hope that you have been reading Luke 15. So you could stay up to date because we're not going to be reading the scriptures, but paraphrasing and talking through them. Uh, so we are on week three. We're on week three uh, of this sermon series. We have this week and next week uh, to finish this out. So Luke chapter 15, what is going on in the scriptures? So there's three parables that Jesus shares about Luke or in Luke chapter 15. And the first one is about a sheep. It talks about a sheep straying away from the flock and the shepherd leaving his 99 sheep to go find this one. The second story uh, talks about a lady in her house who lost a very precious coin in her house and she went and looked all through the house and when she found this coin, she threw a party and celebrated that she found this coin. The third story, and this is the story we've been talking about, uh, talks about a prodigal son. So let's recap this, and I'll fill you in where we've been, where we're at, and then where we're going with this. Um, we have three main characters in this story. You have the father, you have the prodigal son, and then you have the older brother of this prodigal son. So it talks about a father and two sons. So the prodigal son comes to his father one day and says, Father, let me get my inheritance so I can leave. Now, this is a huge request. This is very big. This is, this is asking the father to go and to sell a portion of his property, uh, which would be one-third, sell one-third of his property to give to this son so he could go and, and do whatever he wants to do. Well, the son takes his money and leaves to a far country, and at this far country, he loses all of his money, and he finds himself in a famine. And in this famine, he is struggling to find work and to have money, so he gets this job uh, feeding pigs. And it says one day he is feeding these pigs, and um, he's looking at the pods and, and, and hoping to eat from the pig's food. And it says that he comes to his senses. And he realizes that the uh, servants at his father's house had it better than he did. That the servants had food to eat while he didn't. So the interesting thing here uh, is that the prodigal comes to his senses. He built this plan to go back to the father, ask for forgiveness, and to ask to be a servant so that he could repay the debt that he cost his father. Now, before I carry on, I, I, I want you to go back and to study uh, or to watch the last video where we strictly talked about the prodigal son and his character and what happened with him. Do that for me. Okay, so continue on. 
So he goes back to his father's house, and it says that while he was still a long ways off, his father looks, sees him coming down the road, and the father takes off running after the son. And he gets to the son, and the son has already started his story. He goes, hey, I, I've sinned. I'm no longer worried to be called your son. And the father doesn't listen to it, and the father just hugs him. And he calls to his servants, and he says, go get my son's robe, his ring, and his sandals. And the father restored him. And then he threw a massive party, and it said they killed the fatted calf and threw this massive party for the son because the son that he had that was dead was alive again. So his older brother is in the field, and he sees all the commotion. He sees the party. He smells the fatted calf, and it says that he was wondering what was going on. So he goes into the house, and the servants say, listen, your brother, your prodigal brother who was dead is alive again, and he's returned home. And this makes the older brother furious. And he goes to the father. He leaves the party and the father comes out after him. And he says, this son of yours who was living this extravagant life and doing these uh, wicked things is back and you're celebrating it. And the father pleads with the older brother to come back in. And then the story stops there. We don't know if he ever came back in. We don't know if he ever mended his relationship with his brother. We don't know if he mends this relationship with his father. But So week one, we did an overview, and we talked about the house that they lived in, uh, and we kind of did an overview of each character in this story. Last week, we covered the story of the prodigal son, and this week, I want us to talk about the older brother, and this week is going to be fun. Uh, but it's going to be deep, and I think we're going to have some soul-searching to do at the end of this message. Now, we see that the older brother was furious, and he refused to come in and to eat and celebrate the return of his brother. Basically, what he was telling his father is that he didn't want, at this time, to be uh, still a part of the, the family if the brother was in it. He was okay with the brother being gone. He was okay with the father having to go through the shame and to go through uh, the embarrassment of selling his stuff. He was okay with all that, but what he's not okay with is the brother returning. And he's very abrasive towards the father. He refers to the, broad, the prodigal son as this son of yours. And then the, brother, the older brother starts in on, I've never left. I've never wasted money. I've never uh, sinned against you. I've never, and he starts to kind of boast about how good he is and how bad the prodigal is. And, and I think that what's funny is when we look at what upset the brother the most, it wasn't the shame that the prodigal brought the family wasn't the heartache that call, that was caused in the family. It wasn't the tearing apart of the father's heart. What upset the brother the most about this story and about the prodigal returning was what it cost to throw this party. 
Now, in this time, meat was a delicacy. So, so they didn't eat meat every meal. And the fatted calf especially was very expensive. And it was mainly used for a, a, a feast for the town people to come and to be a part. And I think this is so interesting to the character of who the older brother is. Now, this was the greatest day of the father's life, but yet the older brother could care less. He doesn't approve of the way the father used his inheritance. He cares more about the expense of this party the expense of the prodigal coming home, that he cares about the father's heart. And the father looks at him and says, listen, son, everything here is already yours. You could have thrown a party whenever you wanted. Now, why was everything his? When the prodigal son came to the father and asked for his part of the inheritance, the way this worked was the oldest child of the family, the oldest boy of the family, would always receive a double portion of the inheritance, and then the rest was broken out with the siblings. So for the father to give the uh, prodigal son his inheritance, he had to, in return, first give the older brother his inheritance. So the father at this point owned nothing. Two-thirds of everything he formerly had belonged to the prodigal or to the older brother, and the one-third belonged to the prodigal. So this is very interesting. So when he says, Listen, you've never thrown me a party, you've never done this, the father literally is saying, Everything here is already yours. You could have had it whenever you wanted. And the older brother couldn't get past anything. The one thing he couldn't get past this whole time was what his brother was costing him. And what is amazing to see in this story is how tender and how loving the father is towards both of his sons. The son that, you know, insulted him, caused embarrassment, took his wealth away. He still loved him. Now, the son that is upset at him, angry at him, uh, telling the father he doesn't want the family back together. He wants the family torn apart. The father still loves him and still uh, tender through this whole story. Now, listen, the sin of this prodigal son is out in the open, right? It's something that everyone can see. But the sin, the pride, the arrogance of the older brother was hidden behind his goodness. So, so it was easy for us to look at the prodigal and say, well, look how sinful his is. But it's kind of, when we dig into who the, the older brother is, we start to see that his sin was still there as well. Both brothers, I want you to hear this, both brothers used the father to get what they truly loved. One was getting what they truly loved from the father by being very bad. The other one got what he wanted from the father by being very good. Both of them alienated and refused a relationship with the father. Listen, we have a way of trying to be our own savior. We have a way um, 
in the church world of doing that through religion. For us to get what we want from the Father. We come to the Father and and we give our lives to Christ because of what He gives us, right? Hope, joy, peace, the idea of heaven, the escaping of hell, whatever you want to say, whatever got you to come to the Lord, what was it? And a lot of times we use what the Father has, right? Like we come to the Father because of what He has and not because of who He is. But gospel-believing Christians obey God just to be with Him. They obey God just to love Him. They obey God just to resemble Him. Let me say that again. Gospel-believing Christians, we, we, we love God, we obey God because we love Him. We obey God because we want to resemble Him. We obey God so that we can be with Him. Listen, we must not just repent of our sins. Get this. We can't just repent of our sins, but we have to repent for our motives for doing good. Let me say that again. As Christians, we don't just repent of our sins, but sometimes we have to repent of our motives for doing good. So let, let, let's look at um, let's look at the first two 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 uh, two parables right quick. We have a sheep that is lost. Someone went to find it. Okay. The second story, we have a coin that is lost, and someone goes to find it. Let's look at the prodigal son. The prodigal son is lost. But who goes to find him? Okay, this is cool. I'm excited. This is where it gets fun. This is where it gets deep. This is where we have to do some soul searching. The older brother, this is a cultural thing. The older brother is giving a double portion because it's his responsibility to keep the family together at any cost. The older brother should have been the one who went out and offered to find the prodigal son and to have him return at any cost. Everything that the younger brother received at his return, this is interesting, belonged to the older brother. The ring, the robe, the sandals, the fatted calf, remember, all belonged to the older brother. The older brother had to pay the price of the prodigal returning and being restored. It didn't cost the prodigal anything, but it was because he received it in grace. He received it in mercy, but it cost the older brother a lot. We as humans need to be brought back. But God can't just bring us back except at the expense of our older brother. 
Now, luckily, you and I, we don't have the uh, same older brother. We don't have a Pharisee for an older brother. Listen, we get a true older brother who wants to find us at any cost. We have an uh, older brother who obeyed the father completely. He earned everything, and he got it all stripped away. He got the crown of thorns. He got the robe removed from him. He had his ring removed so that he could freely give it to you and to I. Salvation is free for us, uh, but, but, but as we return home, it cost our brother everything. And it all came at the expense of our older brother. And on the cross, he paid that ultimate price for you and I, for our wrongdoing and for our good, so that we could come home. Now let's talk about this for a minute. Let's talk about this. What Jesus was telling, and we're going to go into a little bit more of what Jesus was telling uh, next week, but what Jesus is saying is that there are many types of people in this, this world that we're living in. We have people who are not religious at all, and we have people who are very religious. And Jesus is trying to tell us that, 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 that the people who are without Jesus, they may be bad, right? That they may be sinful, but, but those who are good are still sinful in their own ways because we're all trying to make it in this world, and some are trying to find themselves from being bad, and some are trying to get from God from being good, but, but, but that doesn't matter. Like What we have to do is not to rely on our own selves, whether bad or good, but rely on Jesus and the price that He paid, that when we step away and we go away chasing our own desires, there is a Father who loves us and who cares for us and who wants to embrace us and to bring us to be a part of the family and to restore us into right relationships so that we can finally know who we are and who God created us to be. And I love this story because it talks about an older brother who was supposed to go and to chase the younger brother. Church, I want to say this. We have a responsibility to find and to love prodigals that we come in contact with. That the salvation message of Jesus Christ is for everyone. It's not just for my goodness, but it's for everyone. It's that we can go and to be the hands and feet representing our Father to call prodigals to be a part of the church, to call prodigals to give their life to Christ, not because of what Christ can do for them, but so they can have a loving relationship with the one who created them, the one who died for them, and the one who wants to love them. So we see the example of what an older brother should do in the story of Jesus Christ where he left heaven. He said, I, I have everything here, but I want to go to earth so that I can find prodigals, so I can find people who need to know about God's love. And he paid that price for you and I, that price to return home 
Jesus says, I'll bear that price and I will pay that price and I will die on a cross so that my prodigals can come back home. There's two people I want to talk to today. One is prodigals. Those who haven't or, or have forgotten what it's like to know the love of the Father, the love of our big brother, to know the love of Jesus and the price that he paid that we could live a whole life. Today's the day. Today's the day you stop running. Today's the day you get out of that pig pen. Today is the day that you find the love that you've been looking for. And it's in Jesus. The other person I want to talk to is the religious. You're not good enough. <laughs> your goodness is not enough for your life. We have got to remember that this is about one thing in this life, and that's Jesus Christ and being with him. And that we have a responsibility to find and to love prodigals. It's not about having the Father's stuff. It's not about having the blessings of the Lord. It's about loving Jesus. It's about loving prodigals. So I want to pray for you today. And what I want you to do is after we pray, I want you to message us and let us know how we can pray with you in this journey. We're all a part of this journey together. So I want you to email us, whatever, send us a message, however you do it, wherever you're listening to this at, so that we could pray with you and help you in this journey. Lord, we love you and we thank you, God. God, I want to pray for every prodigal right now watching, Lord, that your Holy Spirit is speaking to them. And God, that you are drawing them to experience your love. So right now, God, let them feel that same embrace that the prodigal felt when his father met him at the road. That love, that lifting of the burdens of what we need to do and what do we need to do with our life and how can we be made whole. God, lift those burdens off of them today, God. That they could be true Christians, gospel-believing followers of you, Jesus. God, I pray for every church person watching this, God, every religious person, God, that you minister in their hearts, God, that it's not about heaven, it's not about hell, it's not about blessings and this and that, God, it's about you, Jesus, and it's about prodigals. Everything else is just come, comes, comes with it, Lord. So, God, I pray, God, that for these people or for, for us, Lord, church people, to, to remember that it's our job to follow prodigals, to go get them, to, 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 to invite them back into the Father's house, Lord, because you love them. And God, uh, thank you for allowing Riverwalk Church to be a church for prodigals, Lord, and help us, God, to reach and to love your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, listen, I'm serious. If you're watching this and this message is speaking to you and you feel the Holy Spirit working in your life, reach out to us and allow us to be a part of this journey with you. We love y'all so much. 
Thank you so much. Hey guys, I hope you really enjoyed the service today. Again, if you have any questions or prayer requests, please go to our website at riverwalkchurch.com. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the service and we hope to see you next week.